It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. Do you want to know what it's like to have a fourth? Just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk today about the so called, and I'm doing air quotes, tampon tax. If you don't know what the tampon tax is, let me share with you. And I've brought in a guest today to help uh, talk about this whole issue today, too. Uh, so the. The state right now up there on Capitol Hill doing a bunch of tax chopping here and there, trying to restructure the whole tax code in the state of Utah. And one of the items that has been taxed up until this point is menstruation products. So your pads and your tampons and things that half of the population use on a, I imagine, daily basis. So uh, this tax uh, has existed for a long time and there have been groups trying to advocate to eliminate this tax. Um, And we'll get into kind of the specifics of how it's viewed on a federal level and how it's viewed on a state level as well. So let me bring in Emily Bell McCormick. She is with the Policy Project. They are a group that works on different issues up at the state legislature. Uh, Emily, thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. Did I do an adequate job of explaining what the tampon tax is, or can you go into a little more detail for me? Yes. No, that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. So it can't this catchy name, tampon tax, right, because it's easy to hold on to. But what it is is it's just states that are charging sales tax on tampons and pads, menstrual cups, any menstrual-related product. And we're finding that um, a lot of states have had this tax. There are only 15 states that no longer have it, that have gotten rid of it. Um, but sales tax is determined at the state level. And so the tampon tax, we're looking at that in the state of Utah. Well, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. We've heard a lot here on KSL News Radio about what they're doing up on Capitol Hill to chop up the, the tax structure right now and where the money's going to come from and where it's going to go and what it's going to fund and where it comes from and all of that. Um, so what have you guys been doing up there with regards to the tampon tax? So. Yeah, you're right. It's a great year because there is a big tax reform going on. And I know people are hearing about it. There are great things about it. There are things that people are really struggling with. Um, But because this was the year that they're working on tax reform, it was a great year for us to go up and talk to the legislature. And actually, the biggest goal for us has been to reframe this and change the way that this tampon tax has been perceived. I mean, in the past, you'll sometimes get legislatures or um, individuals feeling like, oh, this is like fist in the air bloody tampon in hand, angry people. And and what we're saying is, hey, you know what? This is actually just look at this at a, from a practical standpoint. You've got 50 percent of your constituents who use these things. And, and, and this is a way to make 50 percent of your constituents have better access to tampons and pads. We know that a ton of like quality of life improves when they have access, right? right? There are women in the state of Utah, as much as there are in any other state in the union, right? In, in the state of Utah who are struggling because they do not have access to tampons and pads. So our goal with the legislature was just to kind of reframe the issue and make it, this is not like an extremist issue. This is not a partisan issue, right? This does not have to be a Democrat, Republican, and not, it doesn't need to be. Right. When you have 50% of constituents who are Republican and 50% of constituents who are Democrats, it makes it kind of an easy go-to, like, this is an issue that is solvable and that we can fix. 
So I guess it sort of begs the question, why has it taken so long? Because uh, 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 getting rid of this tax has stalled like four different years in a row, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a great question and I get asked that a lot. And I think the biggest thing is it's actually just logistics, right? We've got, um, when you look at numbers, you look at who's in the state legislature, lovely people, really generally, I think a lot of them are wonderful people. Um, but it's mostly male, mm-hmm. right? We're at about 80% now in our state legislature, male. At the federal level, you know, we have zero percent female representation from the state of Utah. Right. Zero. Right. So when those things happen at at either a state or a federal level, something else happens, right? Like the kind of legislation that is talked about or addressed is often geared a little bit more toward a male perspective. Right. Just out of the nature of that's who's sitting there at the table. Well, it doesn't affect them. Right. Right. It doesn't it doesn't affect them. And that's one of the things the point I'll make about the tampon tax is like there are things that we as women deal with every single day in our lives that are not being addressed. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it, and it really is. I don't think it's, you know, I've been asked before, man, is this because they really want to, you know, man, they just want to oppress women. No, no, no. I really, these men do not want to do right. that, right? No, no, no one's saying that. No one wants to do that. They're not wanting to do that. What they want, what they're doing, though, is just doing the best they can. And they're using their perspective, their life background, their, their, the set of experiences that they've had in life to make legislation and to think about legislation that needs to be made. Right. right. So until women kind of vocalize and say, listen, this is important to us and we're a big group and this is not us being whiny. This is not us being angry. This is us just saying like, oh, hey, this has never really come up before. Right. Now, you bring up a good point. In the Utah State Legislature, you're right. This has been brought up the past four years. A great woman, um, Representative Susan Duckworth, has brought this up the past four years. And it has never actually made it out of committee. In fact, Utah caught a ton of flack on the national level um, from the national media because the committee that this bill died in the first year was made up of 100% men. Right? How, why are they going to think this is important? Yeah. If, yeah. They don't experience it. <laughs> exactly right. It was a rough year for Utah. I mean, you see the press coming out on that and you're just shaking your head like, right. what? you can't stop this. But And, and legitimately, I think one of the things that, that has held that back. So number one, you've, you've got men who aren't thinking about this every day like a woman is. Because right. when you and I make a decision whether or not we can go into work or our daughters make a decision whether or not they can go to their high school class today, part of that is based on menstruation, right? Like, right. are you menstruating today? Okay, you got to take care of that before you can go to work. You sure. got to take care of that before you can go to school. So part of it is this male thing. The other thing, though, is no one's real fault. It's just there's been a huge stigma Mm. around menstruation. It's been kind of looped in with sexuality for some unknown reason, right? Like, I think because it's maybe the same general area. Which also needs to be destigmatized. 100%. (laughs) I mean, there is no doubt. That has to be destigmatized for a lot of other great changes to happen in our society. But menstruation needs to be separated from that. Menstruating has nothing to do. You can have someone who's menstruating who's never been sexually active. You right. and I both know that. Right. I'm sure as I say this, half of the listeners are thinking, yeah, that's so obvious. Right. But the truth is, the stigma is there. And there was an awkwardness. You can go back and listen to these committee meetings um, at the legislature where the men won't even say the word menstruation. Right. Or I imagine menstruate. there's some people in their cars right now with hands over their ears or they change the station because right. their kids are in the car. Right. And you're like, wait a second, this is a perfectly natural and human part of female anatomy. Yes. And this is actually there was a um, there's an organization, a national organization called Period. And they're working on the same kind of thing that we're working on here at a local level. And they did put out this wonderful video where there's this analogy of uh, people. It shows 
people with bloody noses. So men and women, and they're talking to the camera, and they've got bloody noses, right? And there's just some blood dripping, and it gets a little distracting as a viewer. You know, they're talking, and it's kind of like hitting their lips, and you're like, what are they going to do about that? And the entire point of the video is to say, hey, if faces were bleeding, we would legislate for it. Right. And right? if half the population were bleeding. Exactly. The other half that does a lot of the legislating, we might do something yes, about it. That's exactly right. So you would notice it, right? Like we would do something about it if it were faces. But because it's in kind of this private part, we haven't done anything about it. So part of it is just overcoming that stigma, bringing that to light and talking about it. It's about you hosting a radio show about this. It's about me talking about it. It's about making menstruation just as normal as talking about a bloody nose because it is as normal, but it's actually more normal because 50% of the population has it once a month. Right. Mm -hmm. Emily Bell McCormick is with the Policy Project. They're a group that goes up to Capitol Hill and uh, gets legislation. They advocate for certain legislation. This, one of their causes, and of course, a really necessary cause. We're going to dive more into the issue when we come back on The Mom Show. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I imagine there are some people out there covering their ears because we are talking about <laughs> the tampon tax, a, a tax that our state here in Utah has on feminine hygiene products. And there's a group out there who is up on Capitol Hill trying to get rid of this tax, arguing as they should, that half the population uses these products and we're spending money on things that are medically necessary. We're spending more money than we need to, right? Uh, so I brought in the person who founded the Utah Policy Pro- or sorry, the Policy Project. That is Emily Bell McCormick. Hi, Emily. Hi, how are you? So good. Okay, so when it comes to what things are taxed in our state and what things are not, um, This is one of the things that is, whereas there are some other things like arcade tokens... That are not. Yes. So I, I there, it's, it, I, I, I mean, and it sounds, point there? <laughs> sounds like you're making a joke, okay. but it's actually true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's super interesting because you have like these two levels of taxes, right? You've got the federal level and the state level. So the state level, right. In Utah, you are not, you are not paying sales tax on arcade tokens, Snow cannons, which if you don't know what that is, that is a snowmaking machine. Um, car washes, uh, vending machine candy, college sporting events. So none of these things are you incurring sales tax for. Tampons and pads, yes. You don't pay it on Viagra. You don't pay it on Rogaine, right? So you've got this pool of things that you're not paying sales tax on, but then in theory, we should not be texting things that are medically necessary, right. and we are paying them on tampons and pads. Now, that's more at the federal level. Sure. Just quick, like, high level on that. Federal level at the IRS, right, like our everybody's best friend, right. the people who charge taxes and put things in tax pools for us, they have said that tampons and pads are not medically necessary. So, And things that are medically necessary are, like, Band-Aids? Yeah. Band-Aids. Toothpaste. And- Band-Aids, sunscreen. Again, Rogaine, Viagra. So you've got some items there like Rogaine and Viagra. That's used by far less than 50% of the population, mm-hmm. right? But and it's, it's not even by men. necessary. Right. And, and, it, and almost exclusively by men, right? right? So, uh, so, and those things 
are arguably, I mean, medically necessary to have hair. I don't know. Maybe there is a reason. I'm not a doctor. I'm not sure. But there are. And and then, of course, like impotence, right? Like, so we're, we're legislating for those things. And yet tampons and pads, something that happens to a woman every month. She has a monthly cycle that is supernatural from basically, I mean, it averages at age 12 to like 52. Right. That's a lot of years. That's 40 years of of your life that you are menstruating. Right. And so you're being charged not only, um, uh, it, you, it doesn't qualify for health savings accounts, um, flexible spending accounts, Medicaid, like those things do right. are not that you cannot purchase tampons and pads with them. Interestingly, you can also purchase like incontinence. Um, products with those. I was actually at the University of Utah giving a little talk on this. Right. And one of the students there who had wasn't aware of this issue, she didn't really realize that, she raised her hand and had this funny story where she said, hey, that's so funny because I have my HSA that my parents put money on, but I can't afford tampons and pads. And I figured out that I could buy Depends oh, with this. Right? But so I can't can buy, buy tampons and yeah, pads. you can buy uh-huh. those products, but not tampons and pads. Exactly. Interesting. So it's like people are trying to work around this, uh, but ultimately you cannot buy tampons and pads. And in the state of Utah, yes, there is sales tax on tampons and pads, right. but not on these other items right. you mentioned. Okay, so as I was prepping for this topic today, I'm thinking through all the arguments, right? I'm, I'm thinking from a legislator's level, like this, you know, getting rid of this tampon tax has been at the state legislature for four consecutive years, never made it out of con- committee. And I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, you got the gender issue, but whatever. Let's pretend that men aren't sitting on Capitol Hill trying to actively legislate against us. I do right. not believe that is happening. Right, exactly. But... I'm just trying to think of why why does this still exist? And the only thing I can think of is that money that comes from these products or products in general goes to a certain point part of our of funding our state and up until really now we're really focused and honed in on restructuring this tax code but haven't for a little while. And so I'm thinking, okay, from a money perspective, it's all about money, right? It's just, it's just, we need this money from our, our, the tax of our goods to go to fund something in our state. And they haven't taken the time to look at where they can restructure that. Right. You're absolutely right. So that, that, that absolutely is a practical hesitation that people have with this, especially if they're worried about increasing taxes or, you know, anything with taxes can be, it can be a really sensitive topic. Um, so the cost of, of getting rid of the sales tax on tampons and pads comes out to about four million a year, right, for the state the, okay. and state revenue. Right. Um, now, if you were to swap it for something like uh, the University of Utah, let's say just their sporting events and charge sales tax on those sporting events, which most people would consider a luxury, like being able sure. to go to a game, right? Whereas yeah. these other things are a necessity. Right. That comes in at about $5.3 million just for the University of Utah. And those so, things are not taxed at this point. Right. They are not taxed. And so if that were all of the – I think we have, uh, I believe, nine colleges in the state of Utah that have sporting events. So there's there's some easy swaps for things that you could do um, with – with the sales tax, right, to replace that, because you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a reason we have sales tax, right? Right, right. It's so that we can fund these other programs, um, different programs in the state of Utah that are, nece- I would say, great and necessary programs. Right. Um, so what we've been asking is just that they take a look at where can that revenue, um, it's not a, a drop in the bucket. I mean, $4 million is a lot of money, right? Yeah. Um, the state only, your city takes a percentage, the state gets 
a percentage of that. Sure. And so the state needs to make up for about $2 million in lost revenue. Okay. And, they, and the way that the tax code has been restructured, they'll easily do that by, by swapping out some of those items that we talked about that will now incur a tax. Right. And items that, frankly, I'm not buying a lot of arcade tokens. <laughs> You're right. Right. So, right. I right. mean, some people are. And so I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of where the money's going to go and where the money comes from. But yes, it seems like it needs to be looked at and really, it just needs to be be presented as a priority to them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And they've been great. I mean, we've been working with them. And um, another thing that I think that has been helpful is just a level of engagement on this issue has gone way up. We're seeing more media about it, um, even in, U- in, in Utah, which we weren't seeing as much before. So I think that there's just a level of awareness that now is the time. I mean... Every issue, even silly things that we don't always consider, it has to be the right moment. And this is the moment. Like people are talking about women's issues a lot more and they're seeing them not as this far, this kind of far left, like, oh, women's issues are just this funny little bucket of concern. No, no, no. You're finally seeing like, no, no, no. This isn't a funny little bucket. Half the population. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We're talking about your constituents, no matter who you are, where you are. Half of your people that are voting you in care. And so it's about like women making their voices heard and letting legislatures know and congressmen know, congresswomen know at every level that this this kind of legislation matters. It absolutely matters. Emily Bell McCormick is with the Policy Project, their group that goes up to uh, help legislate for different uh, issues here in the state of Utah. We're talking about the tampon tax and getting rid of it. We will discuss that more when we come back on The Mom Show. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. We are talking about something that's going on up on Utah's Capitol Hill as they work to chop up Utah's tax code and decide what things should be taxed and what things should not. There is a push right now for menstrual products, so your pads and your tampons, not to be taxed, not to incur state sales tax. And uh, the group that's working on advocating for this is the Policy Project. I've brought in their leader, Emily Bell McCormick. Hi, Emily. Hi, how are you? So good. Okay, so I'll share with you real quickly an experience I had on Capitol Hill. I've done a little bit of advocating for maternal mental health legislation. And we did get some funding in an appropriations bill this last last session. That's awesome. Uh, But as I was up there, you know, and I'm talking to my state senator and state representatives and... I am seeing sort of the behind the scenes of the Capitol and um, and I'm hearing about a committee that has to decide whether this happens or not. And there's this many Democrats on that committee and this many Republicans on that committee and who you have to convince and who you don't. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. This is politics. Right. right? But there are some things to me that just seem like human issues, like like, yes, we should give money to this. And yes, we should take away this tax. Like, I guess I guess in that same vein, though, 
we can't fund everything, right? And we right. can't, you know, we have to allocate money in different regards. And sometimes there are tough decisions to be made. So I get it. But as I was up there trying to advocate for maternal mental health and funding for these moms who are experiencing postpartum mood disorders, I'm like, how can you not see that this is needed? Like, how could you not give money to these people, these women who are suffering? Anyways, point right. being, sure, we can't legislate everything, but it seems like with the tampon tax, this is something that just should be done. Yeah. You know, and you're so right. It's such an interesting story you bring up in this analogy, because when you have come close to it, whether you've experienced it yourself or someone close to you has experienced it, it feels like a no brainer. Right? right. And of course, like mental health, maternal mental health, great, great thing to address. And, and menstruation, of course, I feel passionately about that. Yeah. And, and part of that is, yeah, I've experienced it. But the one thing with both of those uh, topics is that everyone has experienced it, right? Right. Like if you are, you don't have to be a woman to experience that because everyone was born, right? right? And you, which means you had to have a mother, which means she had to experience these things, right? Like birth and menstruation, which are completely necessary in order for absolutely every for our human population being to, be here, to survive to exist yeah. right and a lot of you know and and then as if you go on and you do, you know move on in life and you have an experienced menstruation you're likely married to someone who has or you have a daughter or you have a friend or you have a sister or something right so these areas touch every part of our life and i think that's exactly why what you're saying resonates so much with a lot of the population right. you know this idea that like it just should be done because it should be done <laughs> right. there are statistics you know there are things that tell us it needs to be done especially when we look at people in poverty we've got 20 percent of girls who can't even go to school right. when they are menstruating because they cannot access a tampon or pad, right? Right. So it's not because they're in pain. It's not because they're cranky. It's not because they're moody, right? These other things that we want to kind of like shrug off menstruation on. It's legitimately because they do not have a tampon or pad. You know, we we recently had this um, uh, press conference at the state capitol and gathered a bunch of uh, women and men and great people who came and listened to speakers. And and one of the speakers was a woman who said that in her community where she grew up, they on the week that the the girls were bleeding, mm-hmm. you know, which is about five days a month mm-hmm. on average, um, that week they just knew they didn't get to go to school. So it's it's like okay, man, when you hear that, mm-hmm. and then a, and a girl in the Salt City School District who's using their family can't afford tampons and pads, so they're using cotton balls and wrapping rags around the cotton balls. And so she and her sister end up not going to school because they're so worried that their cotton balls will either, one, not be absorbent, or two, fall out the leg of their pants. So it's like, yes, okay, this is a human, decent thing to do. And when you just look at the numbers, you think, oh gosh, yeah, of course we need legislation for this. But then you you look at the numbers, I'm sorry, of like the 50% constituency, just a broad number, you know it is. And like you said, of course it's a decent thing to do. But also statistically, like women and girls are falling behind because they cannot access these things. Yeah. To dive into that a little bit more for me, like what, what are you seeing, especially in the state of Utah, where, I mean, Frank, I'll just be frank, I, I, I don't see... Um, I don't. I didn't see this as an issue. I didn't know that there are some women and girls, even in our state, who don't have access to these. I just thought everyone could buy them. Yeah, no, you, yeah, this is, it comes as actually a pretty big shocker to most people. I would say the biggest kind of feedback we had from this event on Capitol Hill was just people saying, I had no idea. Right. Yeah. And that's because they're the people who have a car to drive up to Capitol Hill to come to a rally. Right, you know right. what I mean? We can like, check our privilege at exa- the door. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> and, and it's a lovely thing. And you know what? Privilege is wonderful because when you have privilege, 
do also sometimes have a little bit more of a voice. And these are good people using their voice to do good things. Right. So just to expand on that, yeah, what, what, what's been found is so, so if you're a person who struggles to afford tampons and pads, it's about 25% of women. Wow. And that's a national statistic. Okay. No, we don't have one in the state of Utah. One of the things that we're hoping to get is more data, just Utah specific. It's super hard because there isn't a lot of data out there right now. Yeah. So we go off of national statistics and, and, um, Utah experiences poverty at a lower rate than other states, which is awesome. We're a well-managed state. Um, but still 25% of women, uh, can't afford them, right? So those 25% of them, half of them are having to choose between a meal or a tampon or pad. Wow. So what that means is it's not only for them, because sometimes you're like, eh, she's a grown woman, she's fine, but she's making a decision for her daughter, right? right. Who's 10, 11, 12, and, and, and menstruating. The other thing is those women who can't afford them, they're also most likely in jobs that are hourly jobs where they don't have the security of a salary where it's like, if you don't show up to work because you're bleeding, sorry, you're fired. Right. right. It's not that we don't like you. You're just fired because you have to show up. Right. So we just see that this is a problem, a widespread problem. And a lot of girls in the state of Utah are suffering because of it. Well, and again, we're talking about this tampon tax. There's taxes on uh, menstruation products, feminine hygiene products here in the state of Utah that we think should be removed. And there's a push up on Capitol Hill to do that, I mean, would you classify this as discrimination? Yeah, that's I, I, yeah, that's a great question. That has been hotly debated, but there is actually there is a national organization called Tax Free Period right now, and they are actually setting in motion a lawsuit for every single state, all fifty. Well, there are thirty five states that have not. Uh, gotten rid of the tampon tax and they are setting in motion a lawsuit against each of those states based on discrimination saying listen girls actually are dis- being discriminated against by this tax right. because they're not as able to go to if school you get fired or you to, go to, go to work because of your period that's discrimination that's exactly right so it is it, it yeah absolutely and they're confident i mean the reason that these big law firms are willing to take on this case is because they are 100 percent confident they're going to win these because yeah. ultimately yeah of course you can tie this back to discrimination right because it's only it's it's targeted and it's against 50 percent of the population. Right. So once something can be that pinpointed and targeted, yes, it becomes a discrimination issue. Emily Bell McCormick is with the Policy Project. They're a group that is working to advocate to get rid of the tampon tax uh, with the restructuring of Utah's tax uh, tax code this uh, coming up this session. Uh, Emily, hang out for one more segment. I want to talk about what's next. What happens next? What's now? Uh, you're pretty sure this legislation is or this tax is going to be removed. And I want to know what's next. Perfect. We'll, we'll do that when we come back on The Mom Show. Back inside The Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we have been discussing this issue of the tampon tax, a tax on feminine hygiene products that exists. In the state of Utah, that there is a push right now for at the state legislature to get rid of this tax as they're kind of chopping up the tax code uh, here in Utah. And they will finalize it, I think, at the beginning of next session or when next session is done. Right. They don't know for sure. They may actually end up calling a a special session. So we'll just wait and see. But definitely, 
you know, before February, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, okay. So that voice you're hearing, Emily Bell McCormick, she's with the Policy Project, and that is a group that goes up to advocate for different uh, issues up on Capitol Hill, this being one of their main focuses, uh, getting rid of this tampon tax. Emily, thank you for joining me. And Thank you. Okay, so I want to know, Emily, we've been talking over the last uh, little while about this, this tampon tax, all the reasons why we think it should go away, even, you know, trying to address the other side of, okay, we get it's a money issue, right? It's where's the money going to come from? to fund the things that the money from the tax goes to, right? right? It's restructuring. Yeah. Um, but I want to know why it's so important to you. Why Why this cause? Yeah, that's. A, I, I mean, that's a great question. It, it's. Um, I know that we all kind of have things that we feel naturally passionate about and things that we naturally care about. And this has always been a driving force in me, just making sure that uh, that women's voices are heard and not, not in an... Um, not an aggressive, like, you better hear me, but just like, just let us sit at the table. Let us like have a voice because the society is going to be better because of that. And there was a recent study that came out that ranked Utah 50 out of 50th for women's equality. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, I'm not, I didn't put out the study. I wish I did, you know, but it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough pill to swallow. And you look at it and you look at the way that they're kind of grading Utah on this. And we live here. It's a great state. You know, uh, a lot of people love it. I love living here. It's a wonderful place to live. Here's the thing. That's not okay. Right. We did not start that way. The state did not start that way. Women had, you know, we were the, uh, one of the first states to get the right to vote, uh, women for women to get the right to vote. You know, the rest of the nation is coming up in 100 years. Utah's about 150. We're also the first, had the first female senator in the state. There's no, our heritage does not tell us that we should be 50 out of 50th. We should be like first, second, third, fourth, right? right? We should be right up there for women's equality. And so as I looked at issues and things that were holding women back, this just spoke to me. Like, this is such a simple fix. There are a lot of things that we can't solve. Right. There are a lot of things we cannot fix. Right. This you can pinpoint it with a finger and say this can be fixed and this will make life a little easier for women yeah. and allow their voices to be heard just a little more. Right. And so that is, I mean, it was it was ultimately that that drove me to this issue. And where are we at in the process now, Emily? Like, so they've been working on kind of restructuring the tax code. Um, but do you think it's going to get rid of the tampon tax? Yeah, I think it will. Um, as of now, um, as of today, it is in the initial bill. Like, it's in the first draft of the bill. So we'll know on Thursday, let's see, next Thursday, we should have an idea of, okay, it, it, it's forecasted to stay in the bill. And then it will leave um, this tax at uh, the task Tax task force. That's hard to say. Say that 15 I get times. It. I get it. <laughs> and then it will leave that and either go to the House or Senate first. I'm not sure which one it will go to first as of now and then be voted upon. So, um, you know, one of the best things people can do is reach out to their legislature and uh, legislator and let them know, hey, this is important to me. Keep this in the bill. Right. But it looks like it's going to pass. It looks like it will make it in and, and be part of our uh, law. And a lot of that is because of the work you guys have done. Oh, that's nice. Yes, it's been awesome. I mean, right? we have been just so many wonderful people have come out behind this and I think it's it's like you said before a lot of people who weren't even aware that it was an issue had right. no idea right. well frankly I don't think a lot of people realize what they're paying sales taxes on and right like I didn't know arcade tokens weren't taxed versus tampons were yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I, mean, I think a lot of people are in that boat and that was actually one of our arguments we used with the legislature was hey listen people like don't they, they're not even thanking you for not charging them for their car wash because right. they don't even know that they're not paying taxes no, on it I right? just think there's a sales tax on everything <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
too. Exactly. So you're right. This is it's 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 a matter of awareness, right? That's always the first step in these things. Like, hey, did you know? Yeah. And and as part of the legislature didn't even know, you know. So yeah. it's like, did you know? And now it's time. Emily Bell McCormick is with the Policy Project. She has been working tirelessly on getting rid of this tampon tax that exists, the tax uh, in Utah on feminine hygiene products. Emily, as I've been thinking about this topic, and I wrote you this email yesterday where I kind of went on this rant (laughs) about (laughs) not feeling seen, right? Right. In different, with the different aspects that I experience as a woman, sometimes I feel like, I feel like I'm being gaslit in different ways. I'm like, am I the problem here? Right. I'm like, I'm like, am I crazy for feeling like this should be done away with, right? Or like... There are different issues that I deal with every single day, right? Like finding childcare or, you know, even uh, it takes two to have a baby, but yet I'm the one who has to focus on not getting pregnant, right? Right. So different things that I just feel like I, this, I feel like I have cement blocks on my legs sometimes trying to climb uphill and be heard and be seen. And I recognize that, you know, the, the, state legislature isn't in charge of solving my problems for me right but at the same time they're not making it any easier sure right i don't have a lot of access to child care my tampons get taxed and (laughs) you know there's just some things so it's like this would go a long way to say we see you we hear you we get it you just nailed that like nobody's business. That is exactly right. And that is the other argument that we use is like, you know, when when Utah comes in 50 out of 50th, as we just mentioned in, in women's equality, it's like, no, 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 just give us a sign. Just give us like, yeah, the savings actually, to be honest, it's only going to save you about five bucks a year. Like that's what the average savings for a woman. Right. It's not that exciting. It's not that special to to, to most of the population. Right, Obviously, right. It's very significant affect, to some. Yeah, my pocketbook much. Right. You know, whether or not this gets rid of it. But it will for the 25% exactly. who are in poverty. And, and the bigger deal to most women is just thank you. Thank you for not telling me that Rogaine and Viagra, which are not you know, as necessary as tampons and pads are more necessary. Like, thank you for just equalizing this, the playing field, just a tiny bit. Just thank you for recognizing that this is an actual issue and not making me feel like I'm crazy thinking, gosh, why are these texts and these other things are not? Well, and again, I don't think it's mean men sitting up there on an anthill with a magnifying glass saying, how can we keep women down? (laughs) I I do not believe that. But what I do believe is they don't recognize the things we go through. Yeah. Because it doesn't affect them until we speak up and we say, hey, this is a struggle in my life. Yeah, exactly. And you hit on that. I mean, we have ownership in this. We can't expect to sit back and let you know, men or whatever other group, it doesn't have to be just men, but we can't expect for them to do that work for us. That is on us to do the work, right? Like that belongs to you and I and everyone else who feels like this isn't right and something should shift here. And so you're absolutely right. Emily Bell McCormick, she's with The Policy Project. Where can people find you if they want to get involved in the cause or any other causes that you support? Where oh, can good. people find you? Yes, love to have anybody's help. It's the, um, thepolicyproject.org. Perfect. And they can find you there and they can see what causes you. Yeah, go absolutely. With. All the causes, volunteer there. You can donate, whatever. Yep. Maybe I should get involved because I just <laughs> was very passionate. About. I love it. Join right. us. Thank you for joining us today, Emily, on The Mom Show. Thank you so much. Mom Show. Thank you so much.